Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, I sit down with the president of IMG Models, Ivan Bart. Now sit back, relax, and listen to our theme song. All right, everybody, welcome to Big Things with Zach Miko. I'm your host, Zach Miko, and thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode ever. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, wow, cool, first episode. What's the show about? Well, I want to create a show that inspires people the way I'm inspired by the people I'll be talking to. There's a lot of negativity in the world right now. Whether you think it's because of our political climate or our actual physical environmental climate or what have you, there's a lot of hurt in the world right now. There's a lot of people feeling less than their best selves. I have been truly blessed to meet some absolutely incredible people throughout my career. People who inspire me, people who make this world a better place, people who are not just doing big things in their careers or their personal lives, but in their industry, in their community, and around the world. I want to talk to people who are a ray of light, people who make everyone around them want to do better and want to be a better person. I'll be talking to people in fashion, in media, photographers, musicians, actors, comedians, activists, retailers, business people, entrepreneurs, bloggers, writers, whoever is just making this world a better place for all of us to get along and be in. And I want this show to be about you, the audience. I want you guys to be writing in and asking me what I should talk to our guests about. What is important to you? Who do you want me to talk about? What are issues that you think are facing that can be looked at in a more positive way. I want to help people, first and foremost. And I hope that by listening, this show will help you get through your day just a little bit. I want to talk to people that you relate to, people that you see yourself in, people that you look to and think, wow, they're doing it. I can do this too. No matter what the obstacles in the way are, I could do this too. So thank you for being here. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, who is this guy? Well, my name is Zach Miko. A couple of years ago, I ended up being the first big and tall plus size male model used by a major retailer. I was an actor, bartending, waiting tables, doing whatever odd jobs I needed to make ends meet, who got what he thought was just a normal print job. You see, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot six. I weigh close to 300 pounds. I've always been a big guy my whole life. Things like modeling was never any part of the consideration growing up. It was never ever going to be a part of my future. No more than being an astronaut was going to be part of my future. It was something big guys simply didn't do. I've had body confidence and insecurity issues my entire life. 
It shaped who I was as a child. It shaped who I am as an adult. I was scared. I had never modeled before, but I took the job anyway. But even then, I thought it was just gonna be a gig. Uh, as an actor, you do lots of gigs. You get random little side jobs and you don't think too much of them. I was just super psyched. I was gonna have rent that month. But I did the job and then the press took off. It really started to pick up steam. First off, had a blog called Chubster write about me. I had a friend show me the article. I wrote to Chubster and said, hey, that's me if you want to talk to me. So that's what we did. I had an interview with Bruce Sturgill. He was amazing. And then that article got picked up by Mike, by BuzzFeed, by Huffington Post. And it just kept going and going and going before I knew I was on Good Morning America. It really was a truly viral experience. Luckily for me, during that viral experience, I did an article for the New York Post. Little did I know, Ivan Bart, the president of IMG Models, reads the New York Post every morning. So, <laughs> I suddenly get a call from him out of the blue saying, Hi, I'm the president of IMG Models. To which I said, Sure you are. What do you want? And then we got to talking and I realized, Oh shit, this is the president of IMG Models. What I didn't know is Ivan is always pushing the envelope at IMG Models when it comes to diversity, inclusion, and the evolution of the modeling industry. Ivan, for a long time, had wanted to represent a big guy. At the time, we called him a curve guy, a la the curve division at IMG Models. IMG had already represented women like Ashley Graham, Marquita Pring, Julie Henderson, Tara Lynn, Candace Huffine, and I was very lucky that they wanted to keep pushing that message of body inclusivity into the male category. Ivan called me into the office, we sat down, I was very nervous, but the meeting went really well, and then we spent the next couple of months courting one another on the professional level, and then all of a sudden in March, I just get the phone call and I say, okay, let's do it. Here's your contract. Let's have an adventure and let's change this industry. And from that moment on, it was just a whirlwind. My life was changed forever. I went from Zach bartending, waiting tables, doing any odd job he could to feed his acting habit to having the most powerful modeling agency in the world. I couldn't be happier and I couldn't be more blown away. This is something I want to share with you guys. I was lucky, and I now have whatever sort of voice that I do have, and I think it's important to be a ray of light, to bring positivity to the world. So that's what we're doing with this podcast. I'm going to want you guys to write in, tell us what you think, who you'd like us to talk to, subjects you want covered. I want this to be as much about you guys as it is about the guests on the show. So thank you very much for going on this journey with me. And who better to start this journey to be my first interview on Big Things with Zach Miko than Ivan Bart himself. As I said before, Ivan Bart is the president of IMG Models. He's launched careers like Gigi Hadid and Carly Kloss, just to name the today's superstars. Not to mention he works with Ashley Graham, but he's been in the game forever, working with Heidi Klum, Tyra Banks, Carolyn Murphy, Kate Upton, Kate Moss, and a little-known model named Giselle. He was kind enough to talk to me at IMG's home offices in New York City. Little fun fact, I actually got to interview him in the room where I met him for the first time, and he decided to reach down and change little old big old me's life forever. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ivan Bart. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Ivan Bart, the president of IMG Models, and one of the coolest things is we're actually sitting in the room where I first met Ivan, and he decided to change my life forever. I don't know what I did that day, Ivan, but I thank you very much for it. Well, uh, Zach, you already had some notoriety and fame, like I was reading about you in the Post, and Target had done... um, you know, and advertising with you or you were doing the catalog. Yeah. And I wanted to meet you. So like, it was like, you know, it's funny too. I'm, I'm, I'm never, uh, you know, I'm ne- I never believe my own hype of being the president of IMG Moss because like I actually become a fan myself. So then I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm meeting somebody like, like I'm a fan. You know? No, <laughs> so. I did. Listen, that's the way I feel when I meet pretty much everybody. So, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't if you were listening to this, but um, I am a brawn model with IMG Models all because Ivan decided to take the risk and put me out there. So, Ivan, from Brooklyn originally. Yep. Yep. Well, not not so clear. For my, my parents are from Brooklyn. Okay. So my parents are, you know... Born and raised in Brooklyn. My mom yeah. was, I mean, both are gone, but, you know, my mom was a real Brooklyn gal, um, had a very thick Brooklyn accent, and uh, my dad, you know, became a traveling salesman for fashion garments. Oh, okay. Um, I guess maybe Garmento is, you know, <laughs> the word, but he, and his, his territory was the South. So, you know, shortly after they were married, uh, they moved down to Birmingham, Alabama. So, you know, it's interesting. You started offline, you know, talking about my interest in politics and things and, uh, you know, things of positivity in a a very challenged time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was born in 1963 in Birmingham, Alabama. And right during, you know, civil rights movement. During everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right during when Martin Luther King walked through. My dad recalls when they were, you know, integrating lunch counters and, you know, the fire department came in and, you know, hosed everybody down. I mean, and those images and those things really are, you know, in my core being. And something, you know, that, you know, all through my life, you know, I, I knew that I came from Birmingham, Alabama. And, you know, and then my parents moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and mm-hmm. I finally came to Brooklyn when I was five. And I arrived with a Southern accent, funny enough. <laughs> and I remember the kids in, in kindergarten, like, making fun of me, you know, because of my accent. But it kind of rounded out because between the Southern and my mother's very thick, you know, Brooklynese, uh, somewhere <laughs> I got... However, I'm sounding to the public right now, but it was an, so, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my brand, yeah, (laughs) who I am, my brand, I love everyone's got a brand now, I know my brand, you know, you're one of the ones who started the whole brand movement, so it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) So my brand is Brooklyn. Totally. I mean, like I am Brooklyn because my parents were from Brooklyn, but I will never forget that I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. And even though I'm not connected as much to the South as yeah. I am to Brooklyn, New York, um, those that past really resonated with me and actually I think is part of my DNA. Yeah, no, and, and it shows through. Um, one of the things that I love about you is you're always, everything comes back to human rights on every single level, which is so important. Is that why back in the day you decided to try to be a psych major? 
Well, you know, actually I had... I was a marine biology major, (laughs) so I know we don't actually go do that thing sometimes. No, I I think actually the best careers are when you're just finding yourself and you fall into something you really like. Yeah. But no, my psychology interest was really because I had mental illness in my family. Oh, wow. And, you know, I guess I was just kind of searching and hoping to find answers there. I was interested in, 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 in psychology and I was interested in theorists, um, you know, Jungian and Freudian. Yeah. And um, it was interesting to learn and about people's motivations. You know, but, uh, you know, after my undergraduate degree, I, I, I saved up a lot of money and I wanted to go to Europe, you know, and I had never been. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, my, my family were, were actually very limited because they were from Brooklyn. And, you know, even though, you know, my father relocated us to the South for a while, yeah. you know, they were Brooklyn people and they, they were, you know, United States border. And I know, and Brooklyn no, is... never not, traveled. It's also not what it is now, where it's like the hipster mecca okay. of the world. Yeah. Brooklyn used to be Brooklyn <laughs> back well, it's in funny, the day. I, I just came back from Southeast Asia and like even, like I went to all these foodie places in, uh-huh. in Thailand and uh, Cambodia and Vietnam. And, you know, when they're like, where are you from? Brooklyn. Ooh, like it was like I food, know, it's food, the coolest place foodie, to be from now. <laughs> foodie cool place of Brooklyn. You know, so anyway, I traveled in Europe and mm-hmm. I started to find myself. And I actually realized when I was going to come back that I don't know if I really want to spend my day dealing with other people's pain. Yeah. Because I think in my family with the mental illness, you know, it was so painful. It's painful to watch somebody who has, you know, issues. Yeah. And I didn't know if I really wanted to sit all day long. Fast forward a career in people skills. Yeah. And I deal with people's issues. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) All day long. But I know, I know. It's, it's, It's shocking how not dissimilar <laughs> the two things are now and you know what it, it started out because my focus was always on the talent but now it's yeah. also on the on the team yeah so you know i i deal with executives and you know it's interesting because you know especially uh with the executives of img globally in mm-hmm. in, in new york london milan paris sydney and now la you know they're people yeah and people have issues, they have health issues, people have family issues, people, you know, so like I'm constantly dealing even with executives mm-hmm. of, you know, issues and challenges and things. So I don't know if, you know, my formal training of undergraduate psychology yeah. helps in any which way, but I, I, I am very, I'm a person who's very interested in. You're very intuitive. You, 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 thank you. It's you're very good at knowing what people need. And seeing what people need, even when they have absolutely no idea what that is. And I think that's what makes you such an amazing manager. But um, I'm terrible about myself. I, that's, that's always how it is. <laughs> that's always how it is. I mean, I, I could drown all day. I go down the rabbit hole. Oh, I know. I, 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 was, I was looking at you know past interviews to like prepare to talk to you. And one of the things you always say is you're like, first off, this is not about me. This is about my clients. And, and it's kind of like, a, I have an it, it could be about you too. You're the one you've built such amazing careers for so many people. Who was the first agency you worked with? I know it was a small boutique agency. Yeah. Was it called ICE? Did I do no, my research correctly? Actually, no. Uh, it's uh, it's not even on my <laughs> resume. I know. So, no, but they were. It was great. Actually, actually, um, you know, the founder of the company, Mark Grosick. Yeah. If you ever have been to, there's a little pub called Bar and Books. 
Did oh, I've know? heard of it. I've never One been the West there. Village, yeah. and then it was up. He ended up doing that. So actually, you know, giving a shout out to Mark Rosick today. Mark, um, <laughs> uh, you know, who who gave it? Who who also had a? It was a public relations firm, and he gave me an opportunity. You know, I was transitioning out of psychology, and yeah. I kind of I thought I went into PR, and I um, I ended up, you know, scoring a great client for them by doing a cold call and a whole thing. And, and then he was like, you know, you're amazing. Like, what would you like to do? And I said, I'd like to go in that room. I think I want to go to work with the models. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I thought it's interesting because it would be people managing people. And I kind of have an interest in fashion. Sure. Why not? Okay. And Your dad was a Garmento. The interesting yeah. thing, here's yeah. the other, my mom did take a, a try at modeling. Really? Yeah. Now, if, if she had walked in today, yeah, I and you know she was my mom, I would say to her, I mean, you're stunningly beautiful. I would think you should concentrate on acting because yeah. it wasn't like she was really a full-on model. She was actually more of if you can marry Natalie Wood and Ava Gardner. That was my mom. That, I mean, that's a pretty good combination of people. <laughs> she was stunning. She was yeah. stunning, but she was like 1950s, you know, stunning. Like a movie star stunning. Yeah, I mean she she radi- she had movie star quality more than you know even just emanating from print. I felt like she was very like three dimensional and but it's interesting that she, it, isn't it interesting that my dad was selling dresses. Yeah, <laughs> and my mom was trying to be a model. And at, at the same point. time, as a young person, you were just not focused on that at all, even though all signs were kind of pointing towards the fashion industry. And then I end up selling models. Selling dresses. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so you start with a couple of boutique agencies. When did you get the call to be, was it the time it was creative director of IMG Models was the title? Well, you know, you know, not to make a, a long story longer. It just so, yeah, so I was at that company for a while. Then I went to yeah. another company that w- had a lot of notoriety. And there was one model that was very, very famous. Her name was Estelle Lefebio. No, actually, it was a. Well, yeah, it was Estelle Fabure. Yeah. And then she became Estelle Halliday. She was uh, oh, okay. she married Johnny Halliday's son. Johnny, Johnny was a, a, a famous a French uh, yeah. uh, singer. She married his son. Um, so she, she was Uber model. She was, yeah. she was, it was like she and Paulina Pariskova were the two that were like one, one, one month uh, Estelle was on the cover of Vogue, the next month Paulina was. It was like that. And it yeah. Was, it was before, of course, you know, Chrissy Turlington, Naomi and everything. So yeah. I, I was at the company that had the, one of the biggest models in the world. And then after that, I, I did a startup with somebody, which didn't work out. And then I was at ICE. Yeah. Where I met. Not the immigration services. No. The, the. no. No, it was called ICE. And uh, it was actually owned by the head of scouting and development of IMG Models now, Jenny Rose. Oh, and perfect. That's where we, yeah. we, we, we met each other and discovered each other. And she taught me a hell of a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I only first began to learn about models and the fashion industry through Jenny Rose mm-hmm. and ICE. And, um, and then she sold the company. And I don't like to talk negatively, so I ended yeah. up at some company I just didn't really like. I literally lasted six months there. And then I got yeah. the phone call from Mylene Ford. Oh, great. And um, I, wor- I ended up working with the Ford company for three to four years. Mm-hmm. And then I got the phone call from IMG. That's wonderful. And, and when you started with IMG, they had already had a couple of people signed. They had already had Tyra Banks signed. And, and Nikki Taylor. And Nikki Taylor. So you're starting off with heavy hitters. Is it intimidating at all? Because you're so great at developing 
careers. What's it like to step into someone's career who's already kind of taken off? Well, actually, again, one of my expertise at Ford was mm-hmm. developing models. I mean, I was on the development board, yeah. which had Shalom Harlow, Amber Valletta, Patricia Valeski. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were just developing those those people. And when I came here, actually, you know, Nikki Taylor and Tyra were already managed by somebody. And yeah. I, I, I'm not the kind of person who says I'm taking over. So. No, definitely. So my whole thing about coming to IMG was actually to give it a voice, to give yeah. it, you know, what what is our message? And I, and message of fashion is always fashion forward, moving mm-hmm. forward. So I felt it was my obligation and my directive to actually bring in new talent, find yeah. new talent. But simultaneously, they, they, they said, you, we need you to manage. We're signing Stephanie Seymour. Okay. I was about as ready to handle Stephanie Seymour as I would be ready to go out and, you know... <laughs> you know, jump off a plane. I mean, I was yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> I was like really pretty green and she, you know, she was already an Uber, Uber mom. Yeah, no, of course. And, uh, so I would say I learned a lot from Stephanie Seymour. I really did. I learned a lot about management and I learned about how to handle top talent and also uncomfortable situations because, you know, when you're, when you're of that caliber, mm-hmm. people are wanting you and demanding. And so, you know, it is my job. Yeah. It is the manager's job to step in and protect the client. So you end up in very uncomfortable situations because people are wanting something that, you know, is, is crossing the line or it's just not, you know, something that she's going to do. And, yeah. you know, it, it, I, I'm going to say this too. And, you know, Ed Razek, I hope you're listening to because <laughs> he, it, it was Victoria's Secret decided to do their very first ever runway show. And uh-huh. there was a different time and place, you know, where, you know, runways were closed. It was like the first time that, you know, they decided to have models wear lingerie on, on runways. And yeah. it was kind of a leap of faith and a stretch and, and, you know, good on Ed Razek and Monica Mitro who remain at Victoria's Secret and it became like what it is, this iconic. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's something that every little girl dreams of. Right. But at that time, I mean, you know, to convince a top model to be in a bra and, and underwear and walk down a runway, yeah, it was, you know, it was something that, you know, I had to, you know, talk to Stephanie about and, you know, and it was one of those things to talk to the brand. Oh, well, I'm not so sure she's good. Well, this is what yeah. we're going to do. We're doing it. And thank goodness they did because it became, you know, an iconic thing. And yeah. that's, those are one of those things where, you know, you're doing your best for your client, but you're also managing, you know, what the brand's expectations are. And somewhere along the line, you're going to come together and it's all going to work out. But like, you got to like, be in the middle of that. No, and you got yeah, it's like navigating the map to get there because especially with modeling, doing something like a Victoria's Secret runway show has to be one of the most terrifying things you can do. A lot of people don't realize that the models are people, that every person you see up there is a person with feelings and fears and insecurities mm-hmm. and it's not just their job to do it. I mean, it is in a way, but it's, the, you know, you don't want anyone in an uncomfortable situation. Right. And, and you know, Stephanie Seymour, the greatest body in the world. Yeah. What, I mean, you know, but, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know if she wanted to feel so exposed. Exactly. To an audience of people there. It was fine for her to shoot in the catalogs, but then to actually be But now you're this. marching out in front of all of New York City's fashion elite plus the world's fashion elite. It's, and it, yeah. and fast forward to 
to today, yeah, uh, all of those Victoria's Secret angels they train like an angel. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's they're athletic. It's like they they actually, you know, probably eight weeks prior are, are making sure that you know because you're standing on a stage. Yeah, and you are as exposed as as. Anything. Yeah, there's no Photoshop. There's no tricky lighting. Correct. You are just going out there. Correct. Everything. Speaking of going out there with everything, I want to talk about the bringing of Curve into IMG. Obviously, as you know, Ashley Graham is one of my personal heroes and had been before I even knew what IMG was. So when did you make the decision to bring Curve? Or how did it come about to bring Curve models into IMG? Because I know it started with all the women, which is Ashley Graham, Marquita Pring, Danielle Redmond, Julie Henderson, and Inga. But also, by the way, you know, our... Starting in our Paris office, uh, they signed Tara Lynn. Paris signed Tara Lynn first. Paris signed Tara Lynn first because oh. Para, because Tara Lynn speaks fluent French beautifully. I would and have never known that. She was there, I think, for some sort of booking or opportunity, and she came to our office, and that's that's how we you know started. So it was already in in our vocabulary somewhat when we met these iconic. Alduin women. It was it was those five women. So and you know and it was also uh, led also by Mina White, who who is the force behind all of those girls. <laughs> she's amazing. She's amazing. But you know it's interesting. Mina never had the experience of representing curved women. I mean, she started at a boutique, very high fashion yeah. modeling firm, and then came here, and she always had like the hipster hot model. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, she at that at that time she was handling a Jack. Um, she had Jawen. I mean, she was she had like all these like, you know, happening models. Yeah. On the runway. And uh, it was flagged to her because they were folding the curve, uh, which they called the plus size division at Ford Models. And these women needed a home and they came in mass to our office. And mm-hmm. Mina was, I'll never forget, she was very nervous like that I was, hoped that I was going to dig the idea because she really felt there was a place in the market. It was really her vision. And, yeah. And I went out on our deck, which you know the deck, and, and I was sitting at one of our picnic tables with these five women like enveloping me with yeah. their, their love, their joy, their light, their insights. And I, I was speechless pretty much the whole time. And um, and then I walked in and I remember I like it was like a jury. Like they were all like, you know, every like all, you know, Mina, along with a couple of other managers were like, so. Yeah. So, just kind of like, waiting, waiting for the big word. Oh, I, I know. Like, I know that feeling. Exactly. actually. <laughs> and I, I had the exact same thing in this very room where I was kind of like just waiting <laughs> for like. Does he like me? Is he going to say yes? Do I find out today? Are they going to send me out? What's going on? Well, you know, so, and I was like, they're phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And, you know, it was it very liberating for myself. Yeah. Because, you know, I've always been uh, body conscious. I've always mm-hmm. had body issues. I was husky, you know. Ugh, I hate that word. I was a husky, <laughs> I was a husky kid. Yeah. And then, you know, when I... Right post high school into college, you know, I, I got super skinny by not eating. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have like an eating disorder. I just, I just would not eat most of the day and then I'd have like one meal a day. I mean, not healthy stuff. The skinniest I ever was, I did the exact same thing. I think like for, for being a bigger guy, one of the things that we always feel is we have to be smaller, or at least it wouldn't, especially when we were younger. And no, I did the same thing. I got to the point where I was eating like 
one small meal a day. And even then, I remember seeing pictures of myself in high school where I was like thin. And I remember never thinking that. I, I always I thought had, I was huge the whole what time. Was your, okay, what was your thinnest? Uh, what was your waist size? Uh, 34. Which from and for me now is that that's a that's a dream long gone by to ever be a thirty four again. But I remember being like, well, everyone else is like a twenty eight thirty. I was a twenty nine inch waist. Thinnest I ever was was like hundred and forty eight pounds. Get I out! I was a hundred forty eight pounds. I'm like five eight on a good day. Yeah. So that like that was like and and I if you look at pictures of me, I don't look well. No. I didn't yeah. Look, I look terrible. I, I, I looked, looked awful. I did the same. I looked you know? gaunt. I didn't look yeah. healthy. I didn't look like right. I could, that I, there was any strength to me, but it was just because I was doing everything I could right. to like feel smaller in this world. Right. I mean, and then, you know, like you find like for me, you know, like if I can only be again, like, you know, 175, 180, yeah. you know, that's where I was like maintaining for a while. But like I, I run six offices I fly around the world you know I'm healthy in that I work out all the time and I do things but like you know uh, meals at restaurants yeah having a glass of wine whatever I'm I'm very happy at my weight now and you know I maintain my weight yeah you know, it's like sure I could go back down to 175 I could try and do it but I'll be back to where I am now in no time no exactly I mean I feel like everyone's body has a certain stasis when you are healthy and active what's healthy and active for you because you are healthy and active because I've taken spin classes with you and you've kicked my butt on flywheel. They got the little like power reader thing. And I always glance over at Ivan's at the end and it's always higher than mine. So, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you need, and that's what those women taught me. Yeah. They taught me that. And that it's interesting because I was on a yo-yo before them. I was, you know, getting ready for fashion week. I mm -hmm. lose the 15 pounds, mm -hmm. do the whole thing. Not, you know, no drinking, no eating, no nothing, you know, whatever. And then, you know, now like I enjoy my life. Yeah. I enjoy food. I work out all the time. My doc. And you know, that's the whole thing. Your health is determined by you and your doctor. Agreed. If your doctor and your blood work and everybody deems your health is good, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. I completely agree. And that was the most freeing message that I got from signing those women. Yeah. And and I also then began to feel like, you know, this is not a woman's issue. It's a, it's it's a human issue. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I felt it was very important to have a male voice. That's why we found you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we, were, we were looking hard. Do you remember? I remember it was like because I had seen a lot of you in again papers yeah. and things like that. And then you know I had I we had signed these women. Yeah. Um, and then we did what we do. We started to push them into the mainstream. And they were starting to explode into the mainstream. And I had gone to London and I was hiring an executive who also specialized in curved women. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at these cards and I'm like, these women are beautiful. And I. I ended that meeting. I'm like, okay, this is a business that is important and we need a male vo voice. And if you recall, I, I picked up the phone and I called you yeah. from London. Yeah. And I'm like, Zach, you know, uh, we need to take a look at you. When can you come in? I'll be in New York. And you were in like, and I was like, I'll later. be the second. When are you in New York? I'll be here. That sounds great. No, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I thought it was a, a joke at first. I'm like, you're like, well, this is Ivan Bart, the president of IMG Models. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm the queen of England. That's what this <laughs> is. 
as you're talking to me on the phone, I was like deep Googling. I'm like, is this really him? No, this is him. This is good. So so what was it like to push those women into the mainstream? What, were designers accepting of it? Did you get a lot of backlash? I know it's still, I feel like we see curve women everywhere. I think what people don't realize is there's still so far to go in terms of inclusivity in the fashion industry. So did you get any pushback trying to get these women? Sure. I mean, I was, I mean, and, but like in any great vision or any person I believed in too, like from the very beginning, you know, my, my whole career, you Mm -hmm. know, starting from 1986 is you, you find somebody, you get very excited about them. You call and they're, they're all excited about the top model of the moment. Yeah. They're not excited about this. Like, nobody that you're saying but they're going to be you like they're going to be big they're going to yeah. be really big so my whole career is based on like door slamming all day long like where they're like yeah she's cute but can you please give me nikki taylor you know yeah. um <laughs> you know like uh you know she's very cute but what about stephanie seymour and yeah my whole career was all about that so i was perfectly armed and ready when curve women came in to like pick up the phone and say well what about ashley what about marquita what about yeah and you know, not everybody was on board. And I clearly remember because I thought what the industry was starting to turn in a very positive way in the fact that we were focusing more on inclusivity of race. Yeah. And uh, people were very conscious of, you know, casting a diverse group of yeah. women. And I approached one of the designers and I said, you know what? I, and I always give compliments where compliments are meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I said, congratulations on always having the most inclusive, diverse runway. Yeah. I'd like to challenge you. How about let's include size? And, you know, we can open the thing with Carly Kloss. Yeah. This designer was like, it's not my aesthetic. It's not something that I design. It's not something I do. And, you know, it's... it's And, and this is the thing. It's like, you know, we could sit here and judge yeah. whether that was correct or incorrect or appropriate or not appropriate. And But I, I actually then began to really understand, okay, wait, designers have an aesthetic. Yeah. And they actually have to believe the message in order for it to succeed. So... Okay, that's a no. Yeah. All right. It fell flat. Great. It didn't stop me from going to the next person, the next person, the next person. But the interesting thing, and I want to go quickly, is uh-huh. that designer called me again and said, I'm, I'm impressed with what you're doing here, and I get it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, no, it, it takes, yeah. I you mean, know? you almost have to give a moment. It, did that have, one of the things that I really love is, earlier this year, you wrote an open letter to designers you wrote on your instagram through the thread of the fabric there is connectivity in building a dress and through the human experience is the thread that connects us all as we celebrate your vision and design we ask you to celebrate our diverse talent by considering all of our models regardless of their sizes and background fashion designers are aspirational and every consumer wants to experience the beauty and the joy of well-designed clothes. Diverse women connect the dream to become your consumer. Everyone deserves the opportunity and the privilege to wear your vision. We are wishing you great success this coming season, and we thank you for considering our talent to walk your runway. Ivan Bart, President IMG Models. I cried the first time I read that because it it, it means so much, and, and, and what I think is so beautiful about that is you do take in the fact that these people these designers are artists and they do have a vision and instead of challenging them and telling them that you're they're wrong and that they need to change you're opening them up to other experiences and just be like there's you can have more than one muse you can have more than one vision you never know i, I mean if if it 
if I hadn't listened to Leonard Skinner when I was a kid, I never would have picked up a guitar. You know what I mean? And 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 it's and that's such a huge thank you from from me and from the body positive community. Thank you. you. It means a lot to me too. And you know, actually, I was welling up with tears as you were reading it because you know it really it it, they those words were flowing through me. Yeah, it was coming from another place. It really was and you know I learned a long time ago too look we could we could try to change a lot of viewpoints but if we could just change one that day we did something good so I try to remain positive and I try like if we could just had one designer like they're what 7580 during New York yeah one designer had and and by the way successfully after that I mean Parable Grung um, Tome Christian Seriano. I mean, yeah. like people were digging the message. And, Absolutely. And there, it wasn't like one. It was a, quite a few. And yeah. I still don't, don't understand. To me, it, it, it's 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 a no brainer. You're in you're in a show. You're watching the show and you look at the audience. Yeah. Now, sample size in our in our world in, in women's sizes is somewhere from a zero to a two. Yeah. I mean, what percentage of the population is a zero to a two? In America, and, very little. <laughs> and by the way, God bless yeah. the women who can metabolize and maintain that weight without, yeah. you know, trying too hard. Fine. That's great. Yeah. And there are women. Uh, there's a lot of women who could just slip on anything from a zero to uh, a four or six. Yeah. But if you look at the audience, which is filled with a lot of editors, a lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, we're not even talking about, you know, just the general population. We're talking about a very specific group of people that happen to be editors, buyers, and everything. And the, I, the, the machine behind the fashion industry. The machine yeah. behind, and it's very clear. There are very few sample size people there. Yeah. There's more people who will be above a six, an eight. And many a 10, 12, yeah. 16. I mean, and so it, it to me, it, it boggles my mind that if there's more of a, a the majority of fashionable people yeah. are not in the sample size range, you would be making a lot of money by dressing them in fashionable clothing. That, it that's just my seems argument to make with sense. Everything. <laughs> oh, one of the things is when, so after I signed with you, one of our first conversations was like, who can we sell to? And we we're like, listen, the average man in America has a 40 inch waist. That's what I wear. And, and, but yet the majority of designers, they're stopping at 36. Some are kind enough to go all the way up to 38, but no one's going above that. You're knocking out huge, chunks of the market that they're like oh well they don't they don't buy clothes they're not into fashion they were never we were never given a chance to be in fashion and that's why inclusivity is so important going towards the evolution of brawn and how brawn and big and tall clothing are moving forward and starting the tiny where like i was talking to danica brishna this weekend and we were talking about how right now i'm at where curve models were 10 years ago. Now, thanks to those curve models, I probably won't have to wait 10 years because they blazed the trail for us. But what do you think are some obstacles in the way? I, I, I know a lot of obstacles would be getting designers on board. So do you think that that's the only obstacle or do you think we still have to work as men as a culture with to deal with toxic masculinity? 
first of all, the whole industry is challenged yeah. because how we're distributing, how we're buying, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there's a huge challenge now in brick and mortar stores. You yeah. Know, just, you know, people are online, people are getting things. So th- let's see this as an opportunity too, yeah. that there could be more opportunity for size diversity mm-hmm. online and new op you know options and and i was just talking to yeah. a brand i yeah. told you before this interview began uh, that i was i was saying hey zach would be great i asked them what is the the largest size sweater they're a cashmere company and i was like you know well why don't you know? i said I, I said to honestly a cashmere sweater for me is everything it hides it all yeah just you just slip it on. It's a great thing and it's fashionable. And yeah. You know, so I said, you're a very fashionable company. Like what is the, what is your size? And when they said they do go to double XL, I'm like, well then you need somebody representing. Cause like what they were showing by the way, were yeah. sample size people in their ads and stuff. And I'm like, what's going to motivate me to go and buy that sweater, which I'm the consumer. I'm exactly. The I'm I the one who wants to buy it from you. I, I always, that used to drive me just nuts in big and tall ads is where I would see somebody with a 30 or 32 inch waist and a perfect V shape wearing the clothes that I was supposed to buy. And I'm like, yeah, of course it looks great on him. What happens when you got me with a barrel chest and you know, a bit of a belly that's not going to fall flatteringly the same way. I want to know what that'll look like. On right. Me. You do. Yeah. And, and I know that. Because I've been there and done that. There's been so many things that I've been in love with online or in the store, and then I've I've, I've purchased it or gone to the, or or you know, <laughs> I was about to say gone to a store. Let's be honest, I don't get to go to a store and try things on. I've had it delivered to me, tried it on, and just been like, no, this is I I just can't wear this. <laughs> this right. doesn't work that way. That's why representation is so important. And what I love about you is you're not just focused on rep- you're you're focused on representation in every category you can imagine, not just race, not just size, but then you have you guys have signed a while ago. You have Harry Neff, you have Jillian Mercado. You, you've said many times that to be an IMG model, you just want interesting, fashionable people. Is there something that you see overall in the people that you sign? that sparks that gut reaction where you're like, well, you're, a star that's is what a I want. star is a star is a star. I mean, when yeah. you know, you walk in, I mean, you walked into this room and you have star, you know, qualities. Like you're somebody who's good with people. You've got great people skills. You're, you're, you make people feel good in a room. And so like looking for people that have that star quality, that have that gene, that have you know, it doesn't matter what size. It doesn't matter if you are walking challenged. It doesn't matter. Is you know, I mean, I don't think there's anybody more fashionable than Jillian Mercado. I mean, this I, is like, I completely agree nobody. with you. Yeah, she's <laughs> unbelievable. Nobody. I mean, yeah. you know, with sunglasses, different hair color, different eye colors. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I mean, and when you think about the challenges that she must experience to to get clothes yeah. that work for her. But she's always in in cool clothes and yeah. always doing amazing things. And you know what's also amazing? Because through that, through the visual lens of you know fashion, everything. If you look at her Instagram too, and you see her working out. Yeah. You know, I was really moved the other day because I've been watching her work out for you know since we signed her. She talks. There's there's a post, a recent post where yeah. she talks about you know 
having uh, been misdiagnosed, the doctor had said she had muscular dystrophy, and yeah. you know, um, you know, there was a misdiagnosis when she was born, and they also said that you know that her lower limbs were never going to like have muscle, and, yeah, and she just didn't buy it, you know. So she just, no, yeah. So she so she spent the last what year and a half, two years working her lower extremities, and you're watching her, you know, moving, yeah, on these weights and everything, and it's actually strengthened her muscles. So like she just doesn't believe in the word. No, yeah. there's no, like, this is who you were going to be. No, she doesn't buy it. And, uh, you know, there's nobody more fun. I I swear to God, we were at a party recently (laughs) too. And I have to tell you, like we were at a party and this, this older woman came over to us, Lois, and she was she related to Jillian to say say you know look you know, there are a lot of challenges it was it was actually in a new hotel and yeah. she was like look at the challenges for she was in a chair and she was saying you know like there's challenges for us and everything hey I want to take you guys to my room because I want to show you all the challenges in my room about the shower <laughs> and everything like that it's like yeah. one o'clock in the morning and we're like <laughs> okay we're gonna go to Lois and you know I'm with Jillian we're like going through the halls and all of a sudden like we you know Lois opens the door and there's a man in her bed uh, oh <laughs> there's a man <laughs> in her bed the woman's in her 70s and Jillian just goes whoa okay <laughs> and she goes oh that and I forgot his name she goes that oh he he's just a friend he's a good friend uh, he's, <laughs> he's joined me on this trip and uh, just ignore oh, him man. and everything and it was like it was the most hilarious situation I mean to share that with Jillian. I mean, yeah. th- those are great stories that you tell your grandchildren later and everything like that. Like, exactly. And that I shared that with her and that it's, it's only a New York story too. And that, you know, she lives her life in just joy and, you know, you never feel like her chair is a challenge. Yeah. You never feel that. No, never. And, um, you know, and, and, and again, I'm inspired by, by our talent. Mm-hmm. You all inspire me in so many ways, and that was that was an inspired evening. By the way, that's <laughs> awesome. That's so great. All right. Well, everyone will hate me if I never ask this question. What do you do to get scouted by IMG models? Is there something that, as you said, a star is a star is a star? Is there anything people who are passionate about modeling and about fashion can do to catch your eye that you wouldn't think of? Well, well, first and foremost, I mean, just know that I'm walking through life and I'm constantly looking at you, you know what I mean? So I do stop people in subways and I stop people in on my holiday. And um, I've actually and there's quite a few recently too, uh, people that I scouted that came in here and uh, everybody got excited about them and signed them. And uh, that's awesome. uh, One young woman um, and her mom I met at the farmer's market in Brooklyn. One man, young man was having a fight with his girlfriend next to me at a chicken place. And I went, you're really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out he was like, he, you know, he was, a, he was an actor, aspiring mm-hmm. actor, very good looking guy. We signed him. The men's division got so excited about him. So number one, just 
go about your business. I might show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might be there. That's, That's what happened to me. Like everyone yeah. asked that, like, what'd you do to catch Ivan's eye? I was like, I don't know. He called me. <laughs> well, you know, and it's interesting. Uh, and then also, you know, social media is a big play now. I, yeah. I have to say, and you know, I'm, thank you for giving me this opportunity on a podcast to say to people, I, I have to be really honest, you know, DMing me, I, I, I'm not so good at it. And there's like, I, I think I have a hundred and thousand million people yeah. who are trying to get to me. It's probably better that you send to IMG models or we love your jeans mm -hmm. or go on our website and go through the, rather than try on my own social media because yeah. you know, I have enough time for that to post, to look at a couple of things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But you know, and I, and some people I follow, et cetera, some people make comments on my thing and I, I actually look at you. Yeah. I'll look at you. But I know that I'm frustrating a lot of people who are waiting for me to answer their DM and it's like I don't even know how to get to it. Maybe just I, show me. No, I feel the <laughs> exact same way. I've I've gotten I've gotten I got stopped in the street once. They're like, I sent you a message and you never responded. I was like, I have no idea. I'm sorry. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know where to look. Especially like Instagram, the filter it out if I'm not following you already. So it, it's it's one of those I think challenges in being so accessible mm -hmm. in this modern age is people get mad that you don't respond, and I'm like I'm not as accessible as the internet makes it seem. I like to be, I am, but I just I, I there's so much coming from so many directions. But I'm gonna say that you know I also look at I'm a big person of pop culture mm -hmm. and a. A gentleman who um, there was that big snowstorm in in Pennsylvania. And yeah, I don't, he got into I know shorts, which picture you're shorts talking about. and a yeah. t-shirt, and he had a towel, and he made it look like he was on the beach. And I mean, that got my attention yeah. so much so that I I reposted him for Man Crush Monday. Which, by the way, we've been in conversation. He lives in L.A., and I'm going to send him into the L.A. office. So that's you know. amazing. So there's there you go. I mean, yeah. you know, that's uh, it's all about just being you. And being authentically you, I think, is the best advice. Hey, listen, Oprah just said it. I know. On the Golden Globes. Being your authentic self. Sure. I mean, you know, Oprah Winfrey is an inspiring woman. Yeah. I would love that the first woman president would be a woman of color. And I Not would just love a woman of color, like one of the most successful women in the world of all time. Thank you. Yeah. You said it best. I mean, I like her politics and I yeah. like her stance. And, you know, I also think she's also open. I think this is what's needed right now in this time and challenging space is, is people that are listening to the other side, are yeah. listening to the opposition, not picking a side, but actually open and listening and trying to connect and trying to unite people. And that's what leadership is. Mm -hmm. Leadership is a unification of people, not a division. And... Unfortunately, we're in an era right now where it's weighing on people. And Zach, you told me you wanted to do this podcast because we need some inspiration. And yeah. we do. We absolutely do. And we need people, again, who understand. I mean, all the greatest leaders in the world. You know, today I posted on Nelson Mandela or mm -hmm. Martin Luther King. You know, they had great words that, you know, are iconic. Yeah. And... Great leaders have poetic, human, authentic delivery. Yeah. Leaders that, you know, created divisive behavior are not remembered well. Yeah. And so I'm just saying that, you know, 
whoever becomes our next president, I would like to go back to a time when, you know, leaders, when in America we had leadership that inspired, yeah. united, mm-hmm. and left us with, with great words and wisdom so that we could carry on our day. Yeah. And, you know, the only criticism that I'm going to say about the current administration is also leave us alone. Yeah. I mean, can you please leave us alone? I mean, one of the, it was a bank holiday. It was a national holiday, January 2nd. Everybody was off. I don't know if we really need leadership talking about nuclear annihilation on on a day On the first... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially we, without a threat, it had just There's started no just out of nowhere. It was it was so oh. There's I can't. no threat at the moment, and yet on on our day off, we needed to hear about it. And I would like to return to an era when we hear about inspiration. I would like to re- yeah. I want to feel that we've I've I've been lucky enough that we've had presidents in my life on both sides of the aisle that made me feel safe and protected as a citizen. And I don't feel safe anymore. <laughs> I don't. I, it's it's. Uh, but that's why we're doing a show like this. Where we yeah. should. I, I want to show people that there are people that are inspiring that do make the world a better place. Because when our leadership makes us feel like that isn't the case, you have to look to your peers. Well, here's the inspiring thing that we can end on is that everything happens for a reason, and you know our current administration is is in place, and, and all these positive things are happening because we're all self-policing. Yeah. We're all, it's almost like we have to take care of ourselves, mm-hmm. okay? If, if, if we're not getting a bigger message from you know the top, then we're all taking care of ourselves, and we're, we, are at, we are calling out now what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. We are calling out what's a safe work environment. We're calling yeah. out what, what is appropriate, how do you behave. We're calling out against racism we're calling it and we're all coming together so there's this movement there's this mm-hmm. wonderful movement happening in in resistance of what's going on but it's positive and it's making us think and, yeah. and I, I can honestly say too you know uh, for a younger generation who's going to lead us forward I think it's it's definitely woken everybody up to I think people took for granted th- that your right to vote they took that for granted because a lot of people just didn't vote. It wasn't a question of who you voted for. A lot of people just didn't go to the yeah. poll. So if anything, this might have inspired people to now go back to what your American right is yeah. to vote and to go to the polls and to vote for your choice. Exactly. To vote for your choice. And I think, you know, if we can see even, you know, the the percentages go from 50 to 80 yeah. percent people voted yeah we would really truly understand what the american psyche is or what it is right now i believe we were dealing with an election that only 50 percent of the population came out to vote yeah and then it was whoever won of that so i i would like to see more voter activity and again i'm not here to tell you who to vote for yeah but i would like you to use your voice yeah yeah use your vote one final question that i ask every guest is what advice do you have for anyone who feels like they cannot achieve their dream based on size, based on race, based on sexuality, socioeconomic status, gender identity? What, what can you say to people who feel like they aren't good enough to go for what they want? Don't accept no, mm. like Jillian Mercado would tell you. Yeah. 
don't accept no. Just keep doing it. Also, understand like what your dream is, it might evolve and shift. Because like I said, for myself, I might have been going towards becoming um, a social worker, a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that vision was at that time, but it evolved into this. And then you don't know also. So, you know, I, if you had asked me, you know, back when I was in college that I would end up running a company, you know, for modeling, I wouldn't believe you. But if you also asked me 10 years ago that this would lead to having a voice and a platform where you can actually help redirect change, positive change in seeing, you know, different sizes and, you know, races. And, yeah. and I would, I mean, so what I'm trying to say is if, if your goal is to go out there and to be a top model, it might just lead you somewhere else that yeah. you're meant to be, mm-hmm. that you really are meant to be. And that, that could only happen if you keep positive, you don't accept no, and you just keep plugging away and you're going to find yourself. I love that. Ivan, thank you so much for talking to me today. You've changed my life and the life of so many other people, and I'm so glad I got to talk to you. Thank you very much. All right. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, good luck with this show, because I think it's going to be great. I certainly hope so. You gave me a hell of a first episode. (laughs) All right, Ivan. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I love that message. Guys, do, it's exactly as Ivan said. You gotta stay positive. Don't take no for an answer, but be open to finding yourself along the way. We don't know where we're gonna end up, but if we stay positive and we stay open, what we can accomplish is absolutely limitless. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Big Things with Zach Miko. Please, if you like the show, give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. It sounds so simple, but it's really important, so please rate and subscribe. We're going to be coming at you once a week to start off, so I hope you look forward to the next episode next week. If you have any questions or suggestions or feedback, please follow me on Instagram at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O, and on Twitter at, at Zach Miko. Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O. I love to hear from you guys. Let me know how we're doing and how we can keep making this show better and better for you. Until next week, stay open, stay positive, try to inspire yourself every day. I'm Zach Miko. Thank you so much for listening to Big Things. Big Things.